1: on today's locked on thunder podcast we're reacting to your biggest takeaways from night number one what to watch for in this game against cleveland and how important are these first five games
0: you are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, meeting member, and editor-in-chief over at ThunderousIntentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, Lothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Dave, we are diving into the Thunder top takeaways from the Bulls, including your thoughts on that Bulls game and what to watch for tonight against Cleveland and how important is this first five-game stretch for the Thunder. Today's show is brought to you by Dave. Download Dave today. It's dave.com slash LockedOnNBA, and you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Check them out today. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. So we've got you covered for this exciting season ahead here on Lockdown Thunder. You can also join subtext.com slash Locked Thunder for game day texts and behind the scenes info on what's happening with Oklahoma City. But game one was so good. The Thunder were so dominant over the Chicago Bulls that we're going to have to take this recap into another part. And so I wanted to get your take on this game. So the Thunder, of course, won 124-104, to and you know how great it was. The Thunder shot 55% from the floor, 48% from three, a really even higher percentage if you take out garbage time. They did have 15 turnovers to Chicago's 12 rebounding battle. Uh, It was a close one. The Thunder won it by one, and the Thunder did win fast break points as well. So those are some of the key stats from this game. But ultimately, it was a game in which the Thunder won by 20, it sparked a players-only meeting after night one, which newsflash is never a good thing. It's never a great sign for team chemistry for uh, the way that you stand for the rest of the 81 games if you're having a players-only meeting after the first night of the season in your home opener for a team that has such veteranated players as well in Chicago. So not great vibes in Chicago, fantastic vibes in Oklahoma City. And I wanted to get your takes on this game. It was such a fun game to watch and react to. And so you've given us some great takeaways from night number one. Preface all of this with, hey, it's night one. The Thunder will play 81 more times and hopefully more than that as if they make it into the postseason. But Let's have some fun here. Let's have some fun with what we thought looked uh, good in night number one. Let's start with our subtexters. So another perk is if you go set up at subtext, you do get moved to the front of the line on your takeaways and mailbag questions and things of that nature. So the biggest takeaway was defensive hustle to help each other out. And so uh, they, they have to be able to continue that. And so they, they let up some open threes to the Bulls. It was mainly uh, threes that they were comfortable giving up. Like I think that a lot of the corner threes that were wide open – to Patrick Williams can can look on the surface as if it is just a lack of effort, a lack of hustle or just missed rotations. The Thunder whenever they're switching so heavily and they're playing team defense in the post especially whenever they don't have Chet in there and sometimes even with Chet in there, they they have to understand who they can who they can let shoot. Who they, can, who they can lapse on. That way they have everyone else covered. And for the Bulls, it was Patrick Williams that they just did not care about him shooting uh, in the corner. And it worked out. The, the Bulls laid bricks and bricks and bricks in game one. And so I think that that is, is where some of the rotation concerns are met for the fan base because ultimately whenever you take away the possessions where they just let Patrick Williams shoot, I thought the thunder did a really good job of switching and rotating defensively. Obviously it can be improved whenever you let up, uh, you know, some of the first, first quarter points, especially that first quarter was a track meet for both teams. And so that's to be expected as you ease into the season. But ultimately uh, I I think that the thunder rotated fairly well defensively, especially for night one, Uh, but it's a good note that they have to just kind of shake off some of that rust from the subtexter and really for the Thunder, it was a 20 point game where they by no means played perfect. That was not their best brand of basketball. That was not their, their a game. In fact, they really played a heck of a middle to late third quarter, a great start to the fourth quarter. And then the bulls waved the white, white flag, both teams played really well in the first quarter, offensively neither team, was sharp defensively in that first frame. In the second quarter, uh, the Thunder kind of hit this like rut, and and, and it just went back and forth. And then the start of the third quarter, the Bulls go on that 7-0 run, and it just did not look like the Thunder you'd expect in the third quarter from last year. A quick timeout from Mark, and the Thunder got back on track. So there were obviously things to still clean up, even though the Thunder were able to have such a dominant win on the road. And winning in the NBA is not easy. Winning on the road in the NBA is not easy. So you have to take this if you are OKC. Moving on now to Twitter, uh, Colbert says, this team has weapons that is going to let them take advantage of whatever other teams give them. I completely agree with this. this. is what I've been saying on the show for a long time of this pick your poison offense to where whenever you're looking at and, and dissecting teams, you're always going to hear them say you have to take away blank. And for the Thunder, I'm interested to hear as this team gets better, as this team starts winning and becomes the forefront of NBA consciousness, and so you start to see these national shows who who make those kind of statements and predictions, what they're going to say you have to take away for Oklahoma City. Because with, with SGA's playmaking leap that he's made over the last few years, specifically this year, has been a big highlight of it from FIBA to preseason to opening night, you've seen a totally different playmaker in SGA if you try to just pile on to Shea and, and, and to completely take him out of a game, he is now at a, at a level as a playmaker and has the talent around him, especially to make you pay for that. And so figuring out what that thing's going to be that you have to take away from Oklahoma City will be interesting because on the surface right now, it just feels like they have a counter for your counter. And And, and we will get down the line of this season and we will eventually find out what the game plan will be for the Thunder as you look at this upcoming schedule. You go to Cleveland tonight, you welcome in the Nuggets, Pistons, and Pelicans. That's your first five games. Those are some quality teams that you're going to have to take on. We'll talk more about that schedule uh, coming up for Oklahoma City. But as of this moment, I completely agree with that takeaway, especially what we saw on display in night number one. The Thunder have a counter for everyone's counter right now of what you can do to defend them. Another one from Twitter, Shea Gorgeous on Twitter says, Kaysen Wallace seems to play off Shay very well. Uh, I would agree with that. I think that Kaysen Wallace uh, is a lot like Shea. Now, don't go running with that. It is in the sense of with Shay, he can play off a multitude of players very well. Uh, And he can play on-ball and off-ball. I think Kaysen plays off everyone well because he has a little bit of spunk to him as a a shot creator. Uh, It's not going to be what butters his bread in the NBA, but he does have some of that in him. But he specifically has uh, great cutting ability, great location skills, and whenever they put him as the screener on plays, whenever they just have him floating off-ball, he knows where to be. He knows how to cut. He knows how how to knock down, catch, and shoot threes. And so everything he does... Uh, complements what this roster has been building toward and what you're looking for in this system. So he does play off of, she- of Shea very well. I think he plays off of a lot of guys very well. Uh, he's just an overall really good complementary piece offensively and defensively. For a rookie, that was as great of a game as you can ask for defensively from from Casey Wallace the recovery and the speed that he had to switch and to cover ground and to show and recover and to do all the little nuanced things very well defensively, as well as when he's matched up with bigger players, he was able to rise and contest their shot without fouling. He picked up some cheap fouls. Those were mainly him swiping in the lane uh, at guys driving, which he's been very good at throughout his career of college and uh, summer league and preseason, of timing his swipes well where he does not get fouled called on him. So we'll see if that's a trend that can – reverse back to the way it was before last night. But ultimately, for Kaysen to be so advanced off uh, defensively and defend bigger players than him and show that switchability defensively already as a rookie, as guys typically take a while to adjust on that end of the floor, it just continues to, to highlight how good he can be throughout his career and how much he has and, and can develop. Because he's got the physical tools to be a good defender. He's got the baseline where you are now getting to teach him kind of advanced courses, so to say. You're not having to to have remedial lessons. You're not having to even put him on rookie lessons. You can now teach him advanced courses and advanced placement tests and everything else for his him defensively, and that is music to the ears of this Thunder coaching staff because even if he does spend time with the Blue, we'll see if that happens, but – you have one of the best defensive coaches in the league in Cam Woods down there coaching the G League, and you have a lot of really good defensive coaches on the NBA staff as well, and we've seen how Mark can can maximize players on that end of the floor, especially throughout his career. So this is, a, I think, a match made in heaven for Kaysen Wallace as a team of where to where he starts his career at because they have so many guys who can feed him the basketball as a really smart player offensively that picks his spots very well. And he's not asked to do too much. He's not asked to, to play make too much, but in that reduced playmaking role, he is able to thrive in it because whenever you, you know, kind of shrink that sample size of how much he's playmaking, then it looks a ton, lot better for case and Wallace in that role. So there's a lot of positive things about case and Wallace from this game and from this training camp of, of players and coaches raving about him. Uh, and it just continues to grow the hype around this top 10 pick. And if you go search up the draft history of Sam Bresty, you will not find a miss in the top 10 for him. So Casey Wallace seems to be taking that opportunity and running with it. What you can run with is going to our good friends over at Dave.com. It's great. Uh, and you're going to want to check them out today because folks Dave is a banking app that is leveling the financial playing field. You download Dave and you get up to a hundred dollars. I'm sorry, you get up to five hundred dollars in five minutes or less. There's no credit check, no late fees. It's part of the Dave Extra Extra Cash account. Uh, advance on the money that you need with no interest, and then you can settle up later. So, the extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, to fill your gas tank, to finally get that car repaired that you need, or to catch up on bills without having you wait for your next paycheck. It's a really nice tool for you to use. You can even build credit when you settle up with Dave. So, millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app, and so you're going to get. Uh, and make your finances easier for you. If you're in a pinch, if you need help, you can download the Dave app right now. So, download Dave today or go to dave.com slash locked and you're going to get up to $500 in five minutes or less with no fees, no credit checks. That's dave.com slash locked in Download the Dave app right now or go to dave.com slash locked in MBA. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to dave.com slash legal for eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees. Apply, of course, to your banking service and make sure that you go to Dave because they are a member of FDIC and go to dave.com slash locked on B A. Also want to say right now, but good friends over at Chase Medical. So anytime that you next expect that can happen, you want to make sure that you are prepared. You want to make sure that you are empowered uh, to Have everything that you need in case of an emergency and so one thing that jace is able to do for you and to give you some more peace of mind is they can give you this supply of life-saving antibiotics uh, to you and so the jace case is a personalized emergency uh, medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics and they can treat the most common and deadly bacteria infections Go there right now, as you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Case now offers customability for your Jace Case, and it makes sure that you and your family have your unique needs that are met through Jace Case. So check them out today. That's jacemedical.com slash locked on at checkout for $20 off your order. That's promo code locked on at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-C medical.com, and you can make sure that you have your Jace case and you are empowered over there at Jace Medical. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. We're continuing your reactions to this game against Chicago as Shea Gordis continues on talking about Usman Jang, might be able to play backup five for the Thunder. I totally agree with this, too. It's one thing that I highlighted yesterday, that he played his best basketball as a small ball five for the Thunder, and it created some mismatches where whenever you're going up against Usman Jing as the five, oftentimes your center is not prepared for that to be his guy, and so he might be calling out a switch whenever that's the guy he's responsible for, and it gets confusing, and then boom, uh, Usman Jing is able to find some, some area surface area to, to get a shot off and to exploit your defense. So I totally agree. He looked good. as a small ball five. It's one game. It's one matchup. We'll see if that continues, but for a team that likes to go small and we'll see how it works with, with Kendrick Williams back in the fold. I I think that him playing in the front court, let's say uh, was able to provide a spark. And he did that in the preseason too. And he mentioned in the preseason and training camp that uh, Mark has told him he'll play some small ball five and uh, he's learning, Learning how to do it, uh, and he's and he's comfortable trying to do it. And so far in the preseason, in this in this pre uh, in this first game, it's looked good for Usman Jang. It looks like a role that that he can kind of carve out in the modern NBA. Now, as I said yesterday, the swing for Usman Jang, if he plays the one, two, three, four, or five, whatever position he plays doesn't matter. The swing will be if he can shoot the way he shot yesterday. I mean, you shoot three for five with his defensive makeup, his defensive tools. The defense is not the issue. He could have been playing a huge role last year when healthy off his defense alone. But offensively, you've got to be able to cash in open looks. You have to be able to, 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 kind of come through for your playmakers who set you up with nice shots. And so he was able to do that yesterday and that made his whole overall game look better. But ultimately I think the difference yesterday and, and, and versus last year was he came through when the ball was swung to him more often than not, he was three for five from three and was, was really good. Uh, Shea looked like an MVP. Cannot agree more. Like Shay's a superstar and Shay played yesterday at an MVP level. And I think it'll do that consistently throughout the year. And That's no longer a hot take. That's no longer a homer take. You're you're seeing former NBA players and even current NBA players echoing that same sentiment that Shea is playing at that MVP caliber level um, and and, and is going to win an MVP uh, one day. Emmanuel Moutier has said that on the Theo Pinson podcast. Uh, Many more have said that uh, on on Pinson's podcast and, of course, all around uh, the NBA. So one last observation from Shea, uh, gorgeous on Twitter. Uh, what a what a name what a name uh, not one player uh, looked incompetent every player was very confident and had their roles defined or, or or played well in their roles this this thunder team i think it's interesting how long and and if this remains true because it is a tough task now maybe the thunder have found this perfect combination of players on and off the court and that's been their goal is to find players on and off the court who will buy into this idea, but you know, to not know your role, to not know your minutes, to not know what you're going to do game in and game out. I think it's a tough task to, to be able to handle, but the Thunder have drafted the right players who are bought into this idea and are playing for one another and are accepting of, you know, Hey, last night Mitch just didn't play. He's not going to get 82 DNP CDs. He's going to play eventually. And for him to play, somebody else has to get their minutes cut and and, and they're willing to, to do that trade-off night in and night out, depending on how the game flows, depending on what the matchups are. Uh, and so I, I think that the lack of stability in the rotation is actually a good thing because on a multitude of levels, because number one, if you look at this roster and all 18 guys, you feel comfortable playing and you feel like can make an impact in winning games at an NBA level on this roster you're going to have a hard time finding a night where you cannot look up and down that 18 man roster and find five or six guys who are going to play at a a top level uh, and help you either compete in games or outright, outright win them. So that's great. But also it just shows the level of buy-in of these players to support one another. If you're, if you're able to sacrifice your own minutes for another guy and for another teammate of yours, And so on. So it's interesting. I I, I hope that this continues on this on this trajectory of these guys not having egos, if you want to call it that, and not not having worries or concerns about their playing time. But uh, it's been it's been fascinating to watch that the genuine buy in. It's easy to say it right. It's easy for the for the coaching staff to say these guys are great. And for the leaders who, you know, Shay to say these guys are great. Shea's not going to lose any minutes. But even like down to Aaron Wiggins and down to these guys who are genuinely impacted by the the, the mismatch rotation and the and the mixing up of the rotations, when they say that they that they're bought in, it doesn't come off as like a PR answer. It comes off as how they genuinely feel, and I think that that's great. It is an anomaly, and it's just a testament to the Thunder being up front with guys on what their role is going to be night in and night out and explaining that to them beforehand. And then you see how they react to that. And then you bring them in accordingly. And and that goes back to the day Mitch signed. I was on this podcast telling you, I've heard that he is bought in and knows what he signed up for. And what he signed up for was there's going to be nights like last night where you, you get a DNPCD and I don't think it'll happen. 82 times. I'm not sure it'll happen tomorrow against the Cavs, but uh, it did happen against Chicago, and we'll see what that looks like. And I think part of that was was again uh, him trying to fill out and and him try to him try to adjust to the NBA and adjust to the pace of the NBA. Something that he has explicitly said that he is struggling with at this moment. From Craig, the depth is incredible, uh, and that is without the two players that are injured that I think will have a huge role on this team. The depth on this team, I think, is an underrated aspect nationally. And and it's partly because there's only so much you can do nationally when you're covering 30 30 NBA teams. Uh, But the core four is fantastic. The young talent at the top of this roster is fantastic and has potential to be one of the best assimilations of of young talent that that the NBA has ever seen. But guys 5 through 18 are also... Really good. And they're really good in their role. And they're really helpful uh, in winning games night in and night out. And uh, I think that what was impressive about last night, as you highlight here, I truly believe that Kenneth Williams is, at worst, your second best bench player. And I really believe in Jake Will as well, especially in a bench role where he, like, he looked good last year uh, playing starter minutes once he got adjust- adjusted to the NBA. And now you bring that role down to a secondary role where you're playing secondary bigs and uh, you're kind of filling in, in in those kind of rotational minutes. I think he'll look even more better based upon uh, who he's going up against. And, and I think that he will go into as well, tying together that second bench spot, right? That's second secondary unit as a whole offensively. There were still times last night where the bench was clunky. They couldn't really score that efficiently without Shea. I think that Jay Will's playmaking really helps that and helps move that along on those minutes where uh, the, the starters are not on the floor. So I think he plays a significant role on the bench too. And those guys played zero minutes last night and you won by 20 points. There's not many other NBA teams where you say, Hey, we're taking your away, your top two rotational pieces, your top two bench pieces go win a game by 20. It's going to be very hard to do for most teams. And so it just highlights how good this Thunder team was um, in OKC last night. Uh, Jordan's takeaway was Mark will continue to play a ton of players. I've been on that train for a while now. I, I agree with this one as well. Uh, he's going to, he's going to explore this roster and, it, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. I, I don't expect it to stop next week in the play in, uh, in the in-season tournament. I don't expect it to stop really ever. I mean, there's going to be limits of course, like it, once the postseason begins, you're going to limit the rotation. Some the two-way guys are ineligible to play. So that cuts away a few guys right there in the postseason. but ultimately this is still a team that's going to go 10, 11 guys deep. And, and it might not be, it might not be 11 guys playing big minutes, but like Wendy waters, for example, he's going to play at that dead ball spot where you, you get guys in at the end of the quarter to add some more shootings to the floor. So everyone kind of has their role and has their opportunity. And it just, as as long as you knock on wood and don't see sustained injury for, you know, one of your top production guys, you saw your two best bench players go down with injuries to start this season. They're going to miss against Cleveland as well. And you still feel good about the rotation. And you're still with your two best bench players going down. You're still looking for ways to, to uh, get everyone on the floor. So, it is very manageable now for an 82-game season uh, that if you do sustain some some bruises, as you will, throughout the course of this year, uh, we are just barely even scratching the surface of basketball right now, uh, there's going to be more injuries. There's going to be guys missed for a game or two, for a week or two, for a month or two. Uh, it just gives you more weapons in your arsenal to, to compete with that. What you can do, though, is you can go compete on prizepicks.com. What I love about prize picks though, you're only competing against... The projected numbers. That's it. So you're not put in this pool of players who know more of the betting trends and know more of the of the fantasy aspect of sports than you. It's simply you versus the projected numbers. You pick two to five players in there, and you just guess will they have more or less than their prize pick projections? And if they hit the way you think that they will. Boom, you've won money. And what Prize Picks is going to do for you is if you use code Locked On, your first deposit will be matched up to $100 at prizepix.com Locked On NBA. And so tonight, you got Cleveland, you've got Oklahoma City. You want to make the game even more fun? We're going to talk about how much juice this game has coming up, but you want to talk about how this game can get even more fun? You go over there and say, Hey, I think Shea will go more than 25 and a half points. I think that, I think that Chet Holmgren will go more than a half a block in this game. I think that. Evan Mobley will go more than five and a half rebounds in this game, and away you go on the prize pick train. So check it out today at prizepicks.com slash That's code LockedInNBA on your first deposit match up to $100. And yes, you can even do this in Oklahoma, so it's a lot of fun to try it out. But again, prizepicks.com slash NBA
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. think of State Farm like a pivotal team player when you need help protecting the things that matter most. Remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Let's talk this game against Cleveland what a matchup this is. Uh, this is going to be extremely fun for Thunder fans. I mean, game one is always fun because it's been so long, especially this year as we get back to a more, a more normal, uh, you know, off season schedule. It's been so long since we've seen basketball game. One's always fun. But this is like the real GC first game where you're playing the Cavs, a spunky, fun, young team voted second best young core in the NBA on that GM survey. Uh, and, a team that has some top-tier talent that you're going to want to see the Thunder go up against. It's at 6.30 tonight on Bali Sports. Uh, Jared Allen is out tonight with an ankle injury. Uh, Darius Garland's questionable. Uh, Dean Wade's questionable. Ricky Rubio, of course, is out. Jay Will and Kenny Hustle are both out as well. And in this game, you've got some prize matchups to watch. You've got Chet versus Evan Mobley. You've got Shea versus Donovan Mitchell. And let's start with Chet versus Evan Mobley. It's, it's an int- it, It's even more interesting of a matchup. Now that Jared Allen is out, of course, with the dual bigs, you'd want to see how the thunder would handle that, especially without Jay will in this game. And especially without Kenneth Williams, even in this game, but now to, to kind of put it, basically there's nowhere to hide for either guy where these two guys are, are in all likelihood going to have to guard each other, going to have to match up with each other all throughout the contest. And so, you had the rumors swirling of the Thunder targeting Evan Mobley back in, in 2021, and now they got Chet, and of course they're going to be compared together as these two teams will always be linked together because you know they're kind of on the rise at the same time. They have the young course at the same time. Cleveland Cleveland's doing it a little bit differently. They went all in on the Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell trade so far. It has not worked out a ton, and apparently the worst-kept secret in basketball is that Mitchell is leaving, so we'll see how that unfolds as you kind of compare and contrast like the Thunder taking this methodical, slow approach, the Cavs doing what some Thunder fans want the Thunder to do and going all in on Donovan Mitchell, and it didn't really net them anything so far, but this is a year where it could net them something. But ultimately, with Jarrett Allen out, it's the Mobley-Chet show, and, and you just have to sit back and watch because you're going to get highlight plays from both sides, and and there's going to be storylines of whoever gets the better of each other in this matchup because you play the Cavs again in pretty short order. Uh, you only play the Eastern Conference twice, and you get the Cavs out of the way on November 8th. So by November 8th, Mobley and Chet will have played each other twice, uh, health winning, of course, and the Thunder and the Cavs will have their season, uh, season series done with already. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. And then you're going to have to try to contain Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Like, he's one of the best scorers in the NBA. And, you know, Shea has been electric defensively. You know what Lew can do. JW has taken a step up defensively. The Thunder have no shortage of perimeter defenders. If you play, you know, if, if Darius Garland plays in this one, as he's questionable right now, that adds a new wrinkle into it. But you just like to see. These these matchups where it's it's second overall pick in 2022, Chet Holmgren versus third overall pick in 2021, Evan Mobley. It's this rising superstar MVP caliber player in SGA versus Donovan Mitchell, who who is thought of in that same kind of realm as Shea and and wants to, of course, prove that that he should be uh, the toast of the town the way Shea is right now. And so you just get to sit back and watch it all unfold. But aside from those two marquee matchups. Another key to this game for the Thunder will be how they can catch rhythm as a secondary group. There were still some clunky possessions without Shea out there, and how can they solve that riddle in this season? So I am just excited for this game. We can go on down the list of more things to watch for, uh, like rebounding. Like rebounding will be huge for this game for each side. Uh, Shea kind of changed rotational pattern a little bit. He did this some at the end of last year coming back from injury, but I think that that was more injury related than like gameplay related. Whereas yesterday against Chicago on Wednesday, he came out of the game, you know, about about a minute before the first quarter ended and it got him back in the game earlier to close out the half. Is that, is that a new trend for Shea moving forward? Was that just how the the Chicago game went? Uh, But typically Shea plays the whole first quarter, half the second quarter, the whole third quarter, half the fourth quarter. Uh, Let's see if the Thunder change that up and want to steal some minutes for him at the front, at the middle end of the second quarter to help close out the half strong and gain gain some momentum heading into the locker room. So that will be key as well. Now, does Michich play is another huge question. How does the scoring load look for the core four? It's another huge question, but I'm interested to see too, the physicality of this game. The Bulls made it a point to try to be very physical with the Thunder. Uh, the Thunder won by 20 points. They got the they got the better end of the deal in totality. But how did the Thunder rise to that physicality level? Can the Thunder avoid turnovers? They had 15 turnovers against Chicago, but some of those turnovers were just like unforced, not on the same page. Game one turnovers. How does that regress? How does the three point shooting regress? Like the Thunder. Uh, shot nearly 50% from three, that's not going to happen again. But but how far off from that are the Thunder? Like how how does that kind of settle in as we get more and more uh, data points from these games? And then I want to see the Thunder have a faster um, starts to the middle two quarters. So faster start to the second, faster start to the third. Again, the 7-0 run by uh, Chicago was their last big push, luckily for the Thunder, and it netted them a 20-point win. But uh, that 7-0 third quarter run if that expands and you're and you're letting that happen, it's Cleveland. They have the talent to really push that run with with Mitchell and with uh, potentially Garland and with Evan Mobley. And the last key to the game for me, who can control the emotion of the game more? You you've got the home opener for Cleveland. You've got this Mobley Chet matchup as these two guys are are kind of vying for that upper echelon of like some of the best young bigs in the nba and like we mentioned the rumors of you know the the thunder wanting mobley and mobley some rumors of him wanting the thunder way back when and then chet's you know now this this new piece of the puzzle and now he's the the center of the future for the thunder he's the, the the future of the big man spot for okc and he's getting to play with this young core them two going at it mitchell and and Shea trading buckets as two guys thought of in the same grouping of rankings of NBA rank. Uh, those two guys playing each other, the home opener, all those, all these things add to it in Cleveland. Who can control uh the emotion of the contest and not get too high, not get too low? Because these are two young teams that are gonna go fast, that are gonna have explosive runs where it's 7-0, 10-0, 12-0, 15-0 runs. Do you ever allow that that to get out of hand? Do you ever let go of the rope, so to say? for either side. So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see how each side handles that in Cleveland. And this is the second game of a very tough five game stretch. So you've already got a win under your belt in Chicago. You go to Cleveland in this game, which is a very losable game for the thunder. Uh, you go and, and welcome in the net the, the nuggets on your home opener in the Paycom center on a, on a Sunday afternoon that can be a double-edged sword I think if you're going to bet on who would sleepwalk that game, it would be the Nuggets. It's a road game. It's Jokic in the afternoon. I don't know. I'd be. I'd need to look up how he's ever done in afternoon games. I would be willing to bet he has not feared particularly well in afternoon games throughout his career in the regular season. But, you know, that, that has sleepwalk potential for the Nuggets. But if they don't sleepwalk, the Nuggets have been fantastic, like just otherworldly on opening night. Uh, and, and, of course, we know what they did last year winning the title. And then you have the Pistons, but the Pistons – is the second night of a back-to-back, and then you play the Pelicans who looked really good in their season opener and are fully healthy as of this moment. And you don't get consecutive off days until next weekend. You're playing every other day, and in this case, a back-to-back with Cleveland and I mean sorry with Denver and Detroit a back-to-back, three games and four nights for the Thunder with no consecutive off days until next weekend. That's a very tough stretch. Even that Pistons game, because of the back-to-back, is now a tough game. And the Pistons have that size advantage over the Thunder that the Thunder are going to have to negate for them. Ultimately, in the preseason, though, they've had two meetings with the Pistons and the Thunder – had that game pretty handedly in both games, uh, but they just did not play their, their regulars the entire way. And so the bench unit got outlasted by the Pistons in both of those contests, but still uh, this is going to be an interesting five game stretch. You can see now, as we kind of detail what's in front of OKC on the schedule, how vital that game one win was, especially to do it in such a statement fashion, but another big one to wrap up this two game mini road trip here in Cleveland We will have the recap for you right here on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. And so this is a busy time, a very busy time for the Thunder. We have a Saturday Cavs recap and Nuggets preview. We have a Monday Nuggets recap, a Tuesday Pistons recap, a Wednesday Mailbag, a Thursday Pelicans recap, a Friday in-season tournament preview with a special guest, and a Saturday Warriors recap, and so much more for you on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on this week's Locked On Theater podcast. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and follow me on Twitter at Ryland_Styles. underscore Styles until tomorrow. Be good and be good to one.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.